professional voice today. Like, like, Andy, how does this sound? Does this Sounds sound good. nice? I like it. Hey, I just want to say welcome to Slash You. Welcome. A podcast that dives into movies made between the years 1977 and 1988, where Andy and Nick explore the fun films that feature boobs, blood, and body parts. Yeah. Drugs and beers. Drug use and beers and all the fun stuff. That said, I am Nick. And I'm Andy. Okay, all joking aside, yeah. welcome back to class, kids. We're glad everybody's with us uh, for another fun week. This Yay. is episode 32. Dude, we've seen 31 films. Oh, it's nuts. 31. I mean, if you listen to all of our episodes, one a day, you, you now can fill a month. Hey, that's pretty rad, Andy. I didn't think about that. That's yep. very uh, intellectuals, like yeah. EMC squared shit. Just like, trying to put it into perspective. It's wow. Yeah. We, uh... We've done quite a bit, and uh, the fun never stops. The fun never stops, so. and uh, we have to blame a lot of that fun on the students here of Slash U. Thank you for <laughs> listening to us and staying with us and hanging out with us, because uh, I was thinking about detention for some of these weirdos. Though. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah. It's time. <laughs> I, yeah, you know who you are. We just really exhaust the school <laughs> metaphors, don't we? I like it. Hall passes and detention, <laughs> things credit. that aren't at a university at all. <laughs> Yeah, but you get the gist. But you get the gist, yeah. I think it would be creepier if we called ourselves like Slash High School. Yeah, Slash High. Sla- I think we talked about that, Slash Elementary. Right. With Nick and Andy, Slash Elementary. Right, but we can't come within 500 yards of a <laughs> school for reasons that we won't dive into today. But, uh, <laughs> so like Nick said, we're a podcast exploring these cheesy-ass horror movies. We're going to spoil the whole thing. And we're not pros. And we're not professionals we don't yeah those yeah. assholes that call themselves already, cinephiles we were already three seconds in and garage band froze up on me had to start over so oh yeah <laughs> remember so we're yeah. not pros by any stretch of the imagination kind of uh this week we're good looking we are this we're professionals at being good looking uh this week sign uh, of the times in, in an effort to stay topical we watched maniac cop maniac cop 1988 yep. 86 minutes yeah, this isn't really uh, forgotten. This is pretty a pretty mainstream movie. I oh, think. for sure. Yeah, that has and a it, lot of big name stars or people who went on to be big names anyway. And it really does uh, cross a genre of horror. This is what I got, Andy. Horror and those like classic dragnet cop exploitation sure. shows. Just you the know, facts, like ma'am. Star Starsky and Hutch. That kind yep. of like chicka waka waka chicka waka yep. waka. So, and, uh, yep, we got more police station uh, sound effects. Yes. <laughs> Phones ringing and typing, typewriters typing. Uh, oh, you're at a police station. Uh, that happened. Um, this one's starring Bruce Campbell, uh, who is a, a pretty well-known actor in the B-movie genre. He looks like or, a young Jim Carrey from the movie Liar Liar. Yeah, he's young. The chin. Yeah. Oh, um, mega chin. On Bruce Campbell's known for his well, who's powerful the, chin. The maniac cop is Robert Zarda or Zarda. The oh, the actor. Yeah, who yeah. plays the maniac? Robert cop? Zadar. Yeah, he's yeah. no longer with us, but he's got a chin, too. He does. They both got some good-looking man-chin going on. Yeah, so this movie... Uh, Hashtag man-chin. Right. Well, do um, you want the, the Cliff Kill Notes to get us going? Andy's Cliff Kill Notes! <laughs> pew, 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 brought to you today by Fertilizer. When you want your grass to grow, use Fertilizer. Andy's Cliff Kill Notes. Pew, pew, pew. Do you even 
hear yourself in your head before you no, say <laughs> No, I, I, I actually do not. I'm here for the movies. Spit it out. Our friendship and these yeah. beers, Andy. That's it. Well, the listeners as in, well. But. In that order. So, Cliff Killed Notes. Andy, take yeah. it. We're going to set up this movie. There's not a lot to set up. This is an easy movie. Someone dresses a... Co- In fact, I added to the Cliff Kill notes just to make it a little... The bad. filler yeah, scene, like we talked about. You had to bit. fill it up a little yeah. bit. Someone dresses a cop as killing innocent people in New York. Who is it? Why is he doing it? Officer Jack Forrest, played by Bruce Campbell, appears to be guilty, but he has to prove that he's getting framed before more innocent people get hurt. Spoiler alert. More innocent people get hurt oh, yeah. before he proves that he's... <laughs> I, I couldn't do a kill count. Uh, I did. I, I'm curious. I, I was I looked... careful, and I went through and counted all the dead bodies I saw, and I, I arrived at a I can't. Count. We'll talk at the end of the podcast we like we usually do, but I found like someone... Yeah. I had to do research. I found it online. Cause oh, I, you did? I, I didn't go... What they what they counted as. I mean, again, sure. it's just opinion, but uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Again, I want to bring up that... A, a, a fun movie... Uh, Absolutely. I get really to what Andy spoke about, uh, and I think if our you dove into our last podcast when we chose this one, uh, again, not getting political, but it is something that it kind of fits into the motif. And what's interesting about this movie, you hear a lot of uh, dialogue writing within the screenplay that could speak to fucking what's going on now. I know. It's scary as fuck. It's weird. This movie was made in 1988. Yeah. I had and, no choice but to laugh. Because, like, what else are you going to do? You it's, have to just kind of chuckle at some of the dialogue and think about how it relates to real life these days. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, it, and but the intro mm-hmm. to the movie was great. It was uh, our, it was Matt Cordell, who is the maniac cop. Yep. He is dressing in his blues. Yeah, we have and, close-ups. Yeah, close-up pause and effect. He's dressing in the blues. I really, I like it. It's the only time, Andy, that I believe that we hear, like, kind of that creepy horror music, like, minu, minu, like, like, I know that wasn't yeah. a really good example, but no, I get it. Everything else was chicka, chicka, wonka, wonka, like yeah. you know, car scenes, sabotage, yeah. Beastie Boys, kind of shit like that. So, <laughs> uh, but this is like what I thought was the only time we really hear uh, creepy kind yep. of uh, music. This, well, every and the, the end credits have uh, the sure. same creepy music again. Sure, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a yeah from intro to it's a bookend, outro. bookending thing. There you go. Yeah, but everything else in between is uh, very what you would expect from a detective cop exploitation. Movie or TV show? Yep, uh, good stuff. So it's like, uh, yeah, just a close up of him getting getting his his that formal, pause, his, that pause and effect, his really formal nice. uh, uh, uniform. You know, yes, gloves and all. Right, the white gloves and everything. Um, it's always good to see the intro. Always good to see the twin towers because that lets you know it's such a setting. It's still kind yeah. of I still kind of speak so much to me. Not patriot. Not trying to sound like you know, but it really is. I mean, the twin towers are no longer with us, but in every eighties movie set in New York City. Or every t- fuck, anything shot in New York City, they always focused on the Twin Towers. Yeah, they're iconic. Yes. And uh, there's people these days old enough to weren't around. Holy shit. <laughs> well, know? they know about... Yeah, not, I mean, oh, but that... It, it, September 11th, uh, 9-11 is 20 years old this year. So there are people who are full-blown adults getting ready to start, you know, hit their drinking age. And they yeah. they weren't born when the t- Twin Towers went down. So it is strange to, when you see the skyline of New York from the 80s and you're like, man, that's right. There used to be these big old towers. Um, and it's a stormy night. There's some lightning, thunder going on. It's like thunder. Yeah. It's like lightning. And we uh, we zero in on Cassie the waitress. Bartender. Bartender. Whatever. Uh, 
Hey, dude, let's not get in a fight on our 30-second episode. I'm just saying it doesn't matter. It's not yes, vital it to the is. at all. Servers go to your table. Bartenders, you belly up to okay. them. You go to the bartender. Oh, it's vital to the plot of this movie? Yes. Is it? How? Because when Frank talks about her, she was good with a joke. And uh, uh-huh. she, I, I went to go hang To light up her. a smoke and there's some place that she'd rather be. <laughs> Sing us a song. You Love the, the piano, Cassie. Cassie, the bartender. Sorry. Yes. Uh, Poor girl. Is lo- leaving her shift. Uh, it must be late at night, mm-hmm. early, early morning, you know, 1.30, 2 a.m., whatever. Uh, you know, casually saying goodbye to a couple of the patrons at the bar. One of them, of course, is, I'll drive you home. And she's like, yeah, no such luck. Whatever. After hour party. There's an after hour party going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So, she, you know. I got lots of cocaine. Flirty guys uh, flirting with her. She's an attractive young lady and leaves the bar and um, gets mugged or the attempted mugging. Attempted mugging. A couple of dudes uh, jump her on the sidewalk. One grabs her ankle. Uh, from uh, behind a fence, and the other one, you know, jumps down from a stoop. Jumps down from a stoop, and they're a stoop. Like, Give it's us in the New money. York. It's new. Yeah, it's a classic. These guys are stereotypical muggers. Muggers. It, yeah, they got the bandana, like um, or the. She like, refers to them later as Puerto Ricans. Uh, she does when she runs up to the. Anyway, oh, yeah, a couple Puerto Rican guys trying to mug me is what she yells. But there's a man taking out the trash across the street down the block a little ways and witnesses this. And Cassie is able to fight off the muggers. She's tough. She doesn't she, want to give up her money. No, her she's purse. badass. And that's what I thought was rad, that she, she's getting away. Mm-hmm. So I would thought right away that the muggers would have taken off. Hey, uh, you know, mission, mission. Failed. Failed. Yeah. Let's, let's just go get on. somebody else. Let's, yeah. But they chase her ass. Yeah. That's so stupid. And it's, <laughs> and I write this down a lot. I just want to go and say this now, like from the beginning of this movie to our New York, this is New York City, yeah. the city that never sleeps. Yeah. There are, there is zero other people. Zero. <laughs> She's running through the downtown New York City. And again, Nick, it's a movie. Calm yeah. down. Yeah. I, it bothered me. Like, yeah. I was. Other than the guy who's taking out the trash and sees her yeah. uh, uh, from a distance fight off the muggers and run away, there's no one else. No. You're right. She runs to a little park, a uh, little like jungle gym playset area and yep. hides. These guys are uh, sort of catch up to her and they kind Still of pursuing her. her. Yeah, deciding to try to catch her she catches her breath and then takes off again and sees a police officer 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 yeah puerto ricans yeah and that's what she says officer he's a couple puerto rican guys tried to mug me and this and then why do they gotta be puerto ricans she, she uh gasps in surprise i suppose when she sees this officer's face and he grabs her by the neck and picks her up and breaks her neck and kills. And I mean, kills her. She went from a mugging, beating out mugging, to yeah. thinking that she's going to be safe with a cop and dies. Yep. I mean, I was really pulling for Cassie. Yep. Again, as Andy said, it's a face hidden. The muggers see her from a distance, and they're just like, "Oh, yeah." The muggers witness this. They witness, yeah. My second watch through, I gotta realize that the two teenage would be muggers were like, "Hey, it's a big ass cop. Uh-huh. It's a big white cop." Yeah. The next day. Yeah. The cops are on the scene uh, of Cassie's oh. death. Uh, she's there on the ground, and a squad car pulls up, and they have the muggers in custody, and they they throw them against the fence to you know say see what you did, and and they're just kind of yelling like it wasn't us, it was some big ass cop, it was this big tall guy dressed as a cop. Yeah, exactly. And so that's when we're starting to get the idea like, <laughs> hey, this is internal. So there's the, this is the story. Yeah. There's going to be a backstory, which this is like when I was like, please let there be a backstory, which there was. There was, was. Not disappointed. But this is. But I thought it was interesting that you know, obviously Frank, um, Officer Frank McRae knew the victim. He knew Cassie. She was a bartender. He was like, I'd go have a nightcap with her, and you know, she would. She was always up with the current jokes. 
Yep. And, is, uh, uh, you know, I liked her, and, you know, I just didn't want her. Uh, <laughs> to, it, was, it was horrible that she died. But it, We're right. meeting Detective McRae yes. in this next scene, right? Great hair, great mustache. Yeah. Uh, he knew right away, though, Andy, something's askew. He did. There is no way two small Puerto Rican teens could do this. You're, yeah. You know, like the he dis- sees the contusions on her neck. Yeah, the neck's fucked up. Yeah, and it was like, there's no way. You think a couple of kids did this? Mm-hmm. He's talking to the medical examiner at this point. It's uh, a little bit later on, and <clears throat> there's a goof, I guess, in this scene in a wide shot of the body on the table. I guess her foot twitches. Oh, <laughs> um, I didn't notice it. I, I, didn't I read about it, but uh, but yeah, Frank McRae is, is talking to another uh, officer there and the medical examiner, and he doubts that. He doubts that those two muggers are the ones who did it. Um, they even mentioned the cops. So you think it's a cop? He's like, yeah, it could be. I'm could a be. cop. You're, you know, like she she knew cops. A lot of cops went into that place. A lot of cops. Went it's a cop bar. bar. It's a cop bar. Um, and oh, he did have a very notable line, which you kind of already alluded to. He, he looks at her and he's half talking to himself, half talking to her. And he's just like, you must have been so scared. And then you saw somebody you thought was a cop. Yeah. And, and you were you thought you were going to be safe. This cop is fucking huge. Yeah. So we've already ruined that. Not ruined, sorry. This cop versus Jason. Go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, well, we haven't seen we haven't seen Maniac Cop 3. No? Oh, okay. Maniac Cop 3, see who how Matt it's Cordell runs it, out and evolves. see Jason. That's a great question, though. <laughs> I'm going to get that tattooed, like, right up. We'll talk about the Should tattoo later. This episode, different different killers versus other killers. <laughs> I and think argue. I'm, yeah, like I'm, you pick one and I'll pick one, and we'll debate the merits of who wins. <laughs> well, Jason's a, always gonna fucking win. Yeah, he's he's by far. But, but I know Freddie too because he's in your dream. Okay, let's not get into it yeah. now. I, I really that is. I don't want to dive fun. into Freddie versus Jason either. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, she did. You must have been so afraid. You must have been so afraid. Uh, it's a cop. But here's one thing, Andy, that I. They, they they frame Jeff. Jeff is getting framed, and how? Jeff, Bruce Jack, Campbell. You mean Jack Forrest? Yeah, Jack Forrest. I'm going to call yeah. him Jeff. Uh, you are calling him Jeff. His name's Jack. Fuck. Sorry. I think I have his name Jeff throughout the whole uh, fucking thing. Better hit pause and re- retype it. Well, cool. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I'm just kidding. So sorry. Um, no, it's okay. But he looks nothing like they're white. Maniac cop Matt Cordell is like 6'8". He's a big dude. With a body of Jolly Green Giant. Like a They're, linebacker. Yes. Like a broad-ass shouldered dude. Bruce Campbell, dude. maybe the same chin, but that's fucking it. Yeah, Bruce Campbell's probably my height. Probably like 6'2", maybe pushing 6'3". I don't and even think that tall, brother. He's a string bean. Like, he's yes. a skinny dude. I he don't looks understand. like Jim Carrey. Yeah, I don't understand how they're... Like yeah, yeah, and I well I know that's only come up, but they're framing him because he's white and the same build. I'm like and a cop. Yeah, there's no way it's the same beer. So, Uh, um, this is when we get to, you know, we're we're still getting to know our killer. We're still getting to really not really develop any characters. We're just kind of getting to know that our we're developing our I guess our our relationship with Matt Cordell, the maniac cop. Yep. Two drunk and horny teens drive down <laughs> a lonesome street in the city of fucking New York. <laughs> no other cars. No other cars no other at a traffic. stoplight that doesn't seem to want to change. So it's Nancy and Sam. I only caught his name because she she yelled it at one point. And uh, we know Nancy. And I know Nancy because she played Rhonda in Killer Workout. A great movie, Andy. Uh, episode three. Episode of three U. of Slash U. Please go back and listen Way to back, it. Way back. Back when we sucked. No, we were fucking <laughs> rad. Still one of my favorite lines like from that was like, because it was seriously like if, if cocaine could direct a movie, 
I oh, think would be killer workout. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is great. You're exactly right. It's jazzercise. It's aerobic, aerobicide. Yeah, alternate name Working for it. out yeah. until you die. Oh, so, so, sorry. Nancy's yeah. got this small part. Uh, Very as, small. Uh, her and her date, Sam, are, are they're drinking beers and driving down the road, and Sam almost misses the red light. She's, Sam, the red, the light. And he wouldn't have hit anybody anyway because there's yeah. no other traffic. There's no one out there. Slams this. on the brakes. And they're waiting and waiting, and Sam's like, the fuck's up with this light? It won't change. And then uh, we see a, a pair of hands in a billy club walk up to the driver's side door and tap, tap, tap. Oh, shit, it's a cop. You know, Put away the beer. Put away the beers. He's yeah. not going to notice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sam rolls down the window, and the officer just points at him and gives the finger, come here, yeah. motion. No voice. And and she's like, I think he wants you to go with him. Like, yeah, duh. Uh and Sam gets out of the car and steps out front. He's like, you know, officer, you know, what's the problem? I can't get another ticket. My insurance will go through the roof. <laughs> While he's doing this, though, he's... Yeah, he starts doing the drunk test, like touching yeah. his nose with the, his fingers. And the cop's not saying anything, facing away. So why and did he start touching his nose? I just don't to know. prove? Just like... to start. I'm not drunk. See, I can touch my nose. Don't, yeah, my insurance. And, and we're, us as viewers, we're still in the car with Nancy kind of watching this out yeah. of the windshield. Totally. Um. And the police officer puts his hands behind his back, including the the billy club. And it's not really a billy club, actually, Nick. It's a knife. Yeah. Like a big blade. A huge blade. He like kind of draws it out of, as, and Nancy sees it. A medieval sword. A sword. And Nancy sees it, but can't warn Sam in time, and, and Sam gets slashed across the neck. And the uh, officer throws him up onto the hood of the car. Like a fucking beanbag if you're playing yeah. cornhole. Like, yeah. I mean, it is, like, it's not just Effortless. like... Effortless. Like, he's... So he's thrown on the windshield, and the blood just spurting out of his neck. Yeah, it just pours yeah. down the windshield. She has to turn on the windshield wipers, and and uh, she guns it. Killer workout. Yeah. Nancy gets the fuck up out of there. So she escapes, and we have two deaths now. Two deaths, and again, uh, she's what we're going to assume going to find someone to say we had a cop kill my uh, boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah, it was. Oh. That all happens off screen, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So we you know, assume like. Maybe she was high on cocaine. It's we very don't know. possible. It's very she possible she was drinking. drinking. Yeah. New York City in the 80s. Let's just say cocaine. Sure. We meet the commissioner. Detective McRae meets with the commissioner. Roundtree. Yeah, Richard Roundtree. Yeah, who played Shaft. What'd go. you talk about? What'd you say? Don't say his name. Shaft. <laughs> I'm a bad motherfucker. But I'm talking about Shaft. Uh, uh, yeah. Richard Roundtree. We do that with our cat, by the way. We sing about Fritz. Oh, Fritz? Who's the cat who likes to sit in the window and look at all the people walking by? <laughs> Fritz! Can you dig it? <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. Uh, Richard Roundtree does a, a, a window into my life. <laughs> I make songs up about our cat. Mm-hmm. I want to go on record, which we do record, so mm-hmm. it will go on record. Yep, on record. Uh, a perfect role for the commissioner. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, Richard he Roundtree. fucking, I mean, he, yeah. he killed it. Yeah. I think everyone's characters, like, you know, did, they were perfectly uh, cast. Oh, yeah. Richard, Richard Roundtree was my favorite. So uh, he has, he isn't having the story of the killer cop when Frank tries to tell, when Frank McRae tries to tell Officer Shaft or Commissioner Shaft (laughs) that there's a killer cop. He's like, "Well, well, hold on. Hold on, son. Could just be somebody trying to smear the police. Didn't, didn't, uh, you, you, you a white cop. Yep. Didn't you try to kill yourself? Uh, Don't you have a gun? Like he starts interrogating fucking Frank McCray shaft us. Yeah, he officer, says like or commissioner. around 10 days after your partner was shot in the line of duty, 
didn't your gun mysteriously go off? Did you try to commit suicide? You know, McCray's like, yeah, the gun just went off. Don't worry about it. Because they're talking about mental illness. We should screen all of our officers. Yes. See who's got problems. Frank McCray was a great character because he really believed like he what what a smart thing to say andy like let's 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 go back to no, our files let's check yep. mental who's got problems yeah, yeah you know who's uh seen some shit yep. what a thoughtful thing to say yep and of course this is when commissioner shaft commissioner shaft <laughs> is it riley sorry. it's commissioner pike commissioner pike yeah. thank you but i i mean i like calling him commissioner shaft <laughs> so do i i don't i don't i don't <laughs> mind it Commissioner Shaft turns the tables on Frank and says, yeah. hey, you know what? If you want to talk about this, how about you? How about your mental fucking health? screen you. You fucking dick. Like, Because <laughs> he doesn't believe a cop could be doing yes. this. He just thinks it, it's somebody dresses a cop. They could just be trying to smear the good name of the police department. Exactly. But, you know, which is a viable theory. It, I mean, you know? I, it, it is. Yeah. But, I mean, I could see why the commissioner is trying to turn around because he... You know, he don't want that on his clock. He wants to keep this quiet yes. as well. And he even tells Frank, like, you know, I notice you don't smile very much. And then Frank does a creepy smile. Like, he's like, because he, he's not, but then he goes, he just all oh, of a sudden smiles. Just a fake smile. And that's when uh, Jody and I had a really good laugh. Uh, <laughs> it was fun. So uh, Frank is uh, a man on a mission right now, Andy. Yeah, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't like the way this is being handled by the higher ups. On to victim three. No kidding. This guy doesn't even have a name. He's a musician. Yeah, that's he's got a saxophone. Yeah. And what I even have him as a jazz musician, which I like because at the very, as he's walking to his car with his saxophone case, mm-hmm. and you can tell right away it's a saxophone case, but there's jazz music lingering in the background. So you oh. think maybe he just did a jam session. There you go. New York City, 80s, cocaine, jazz, a yep. perfect combination for fun. Yep. Um, I'd be there. Uh, so Out on it, the street, no one else around. Yes, <laughs> no one. And you got to, I mean, it's a jazz bar right there. I mean, I it's it's you think there'd be people coming and going yeah people walk in the yeah. streets i know that you know new york was a different place back in the late 80s but still uh the music's still going on he walks to his car his kill is pretty rad um he's getting into his car and uh assaulted by our maniac cop yeah he flips him around and handcuffs flips, him and, and handcuffs him pretty what we assume is pretty tightly andy because mm-hmm. blood starts yeah. trickling down his wrist as he runs off he gets away cuz he sees the knife. Yeah. He's handcuffed. Yeah. Fucking maniac cop pulls out the fucking medieval yeah. sword or Big whatever. Old blade. Middle blade. It's longer. It's shorter than a sword, but longer than a knife. <laughs> I'm not sure how to describe it. That's the story of my life. Yeah. Um, Giggity. So the, they, but they. This guy takes off running. He takes off running and. Poor guy trying to get away. Like, I really thought, like, hey, baby, he's going to get away so he can say that it's a cop. He starts screaming for help. He uh, runs up to an apartment, and he's pressing his face against like all, all those call buzzer buzzers. Buttons. Yeah, because yeah, his hands are handcuffed. Uh, we have a quick shot of his wrists, like you said, bleeding. Uh, and and people answering the buzzers are like, buzz off, buddy. You know, get out of here. They <laughs> must well, think it's some drunk asshole. And he's yeah, just like, help, help. There's someone out here trying to kill me. Uh, and he trips and stumbles into some wet cement oh. in a construction scene, uh, you know, spot on the sidewalk. The cement's wet, trips and falls, and our maniac cop catches up with him and essentially suffocates, suffocates him, him in the presses cement. Presses his face into the cement. Yeah, uh, yeah, grabs the back of his head, presses his face into the cement. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's cool. The next exact scene, we we um, come to a date. It's, you know, exterior day. Yeah. Jackhammers, but um, so jackhammers are going at it, and there's yeah. our victim 
stuck. Stuck in the they, cement. I mean, they can't pull them out. They right. have to jackhammer that shit up because Strive. I thought that was going to be one of our dick kill shots. Like, yeah, it was. It was cool, but it wasn't like I thought it was pretty ingenious. Yeah. I was even saying that to Jody as we were watching, and I was like, "That's a pretty interesting kill." Yeah, I probably would have made it my dick kill shot if his head was totally submerged in cement and they had to jackhammer him out. <laughs> yeah, just like, his face stuck in there. I was what? like, "Meh, pedestrian." I've seen that on a million cartoons. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> Nick was here, yeah. or like you know, um, but Coltrane uh, yeah. was is dead. Yeah, he was victim number three. Coltrane, because he's a musician. (laughs) Jazz saxophone player. Uh, But he is dead, and now, why do we assume now that, Andy, why do we assume now that the collective good is still thinking it's a cop that did this? There were no witnesses. Nope. So his kill was just, I think, for our benefit. Yeah. I mean, the cops were there, obviously, taking care of a murder, but it could have been... Right, there was no witness. You're right. Yeah, it could have been another Puerto Rican. This was... uh, yeah, that's true. I don't understand how they attribute this one to to this maniac cop. I don't either. When I'm sure my, my uh, second watch, was... I'm sure there are other people being killed in New York City at the yes. same time this <laughs> cop is going around, going around killing. It'd be like if you know in Chicago, uh, South Side of Chicago, where like tw- there's 20 victims of gun violence on any given weekend. <sighs> you can't attribute that to one person. <laughs> you know, it's like. So McCray, uh, Detective McCray, now um, meeting with a reporter, Gina, who thinks she's about to get some. Yeah, they're a little flirtatious. Frank D, a little flirtatious. Uh, and he says how he likes seeing her on the evening news. She's a TV reporter. Yep, even though we hear her on the radio later. But or is that just a voiceover? It could. Yeah, I guess it didn't have to be her. But he, uh, this is where he's leaking this information to her because he does not want it to be kept quiet. Yep, he wants the public to know. It's possible that there's a person dressed as a police officer who's murdering people. Don't credit me, mm-hmm. like, by name. Right. Just say a credible source within the department. Right. And he also tells her, make it bigger than AIDS. Did I did it? not hear that. Yes. He Holy said fuck. He wanted her to play it up, make it bigger than AIDS, meaning make it a big deal. Yeah, I get it. some panic. I totally get it. I think yeah. all of our listeners get it, too. Yeah. Holy Which fuck. in the 80s was a big deal. Dude, yeah, I mean, it was shit. Mm-hmm. Made COVID AIDS look, was some scary shit. Yeah, back made then. COVID look like a goddamn, you know, just a common cold. Yeah. I mean, so he tells her that she should play it up, and it will hopefully get. I didn't hear that. That's fucking. Yep. Uh, it will hopefully get City Hall off their asses because he wants them to do something about this. Yeah. Then that's when. Um, and yeah, I think really Gina was there to get some information, but I think she wanted to take a mustache ride. <laughs> Old Frankie Mustache Ride McCray. Yeah, it's but, possible. But uh, she was, you know, they're both flirtatious. But then uh, we hear her report. We hear her voiceover, Andy. Yeah. And uh, she's accrediting, you know, like uh, a close source within the NYPD police department has told me mm-hmm. that a suspected killer uh, within their own ranks is murdering, murdering innocent people. So watch yourself. And at this time, as this is going on, a lady, a Karen, I call her a Karen. I agree. Is, is, is... Playing with the radio and she's listening to this as her car is breaking down. Yep. So her car is breaking down and so she pulls, it's smoking. She pulls over to a side of the street. It, it was also funny if I can comment. Oh, on sure. The radio, uh, the radio announcement ended uh, by saying, um, we, we reached out to Detective Frank McRae, who's leading the investigation, but he said he was ordered not to speak. And I'm like, <laughs> like why would they put that in there? <laughs> like, he. <laughs> He's he now no he's now obviously like the number one 
suspect as far as the the confidential source within the police department. No shit, I didn't even think I mean, about that either. I don't know why they named they named Frank McRae. In I reached out to Frank McRae. He had no comment. Yeah. Back to you. Yeah. Fucking, he was ordered not to speak. Back to you, Frank so, and Weather. And, and that's when yeah this this Karen this Karen car she's she's she, it's breaking down. Her car's smoking. Uh, she's hip to the news of the cop because obviously she's listening on the radio. Yep. Which I know that's what you were saying, like, yep. you know, how is this report on the radio? But, you know, sound bites, 80s. So she's obviously, Karen's not feeling too good about what she sees in a rearview mirror. Squad car pulling Squad up. Squad car pulling up with the lights on. So she's like, oh, fuck this. So as the cop pulls up behind her uh, with his lights on, uh, the officer within that car gets out. Mm-hmm. And is now going to approach Karen's car. Karen is just fucking freaking out now. Grabs a gun. Yeah. Cop leans over to her window. She fucking takes a bullet, shoots him in the head. Yeah. Bullet comes out. Brain matter comes out the back of his head. Uh, and that is Nick's <gasps> a dick kill. Shot of the week. The reason why I like it, Andy, is because it's a Karen. And second, I mean, it's like. Quick. She, she's a, she is, you wouldn't think someone that would have a gun. She looks like a fucking, an 80s Karen. Yeah. And she says to herself, like, he ain't going to get me or yes. something like that. And uh, blam, she, she blows away a completely innocent cop who was probably just trying to trying help her. Trying to help her. Karen, do you need anything? Yeah. Can I call you a tow truck? Right. My name's Henry. Mm-hmm. Nice to meet you. I'm Officer Henry. Officer Henry. So, but was, do you think she was taken to jail? Because, again, we go to the right next scene. Oh, I took I took videos of both of our. Oh, okay. So, uh, definitely we'll be posting on our social. Yeah. Um, but do, did she go to jail, you think? Probably. I mean, because th- this is setting up the fact that uh, uh, there's widespread panic. Uh, because, Everyone has an excuse to go to God. Yeah, and uh, we flashed to Captain Ripley. Who is it, you know, a character we're meeting for the first time? Captain Ripley, the commissioner, and is it the mayor? The mayor, yeah, because he's pissed that tour- tourism okay. is down. No one's coming right. to eat the pizza. The three of them are discussing uh, the fact that there's letters coming in, people complaining about cops uh, who might have just stopped them for speeding. It's like, I think that's the killer. So they're they're trying to deal with this problem of now the general public blaming all the police officers for being the killer. Uh, just when they're inconvenienced by the police, you know what I mean? Uh, it's uh, wild. Yeah, I mean, it is because <laughs> they got a little situation on their hands. They here. do because <laughs> she could have been fearful for her life. Uh huh. I mean, there is a, a credited. There is. How do you prosecute that? You How, yeah, she She's was scared like, for her life. I thought it was the killer. I heard on the radio. You someone's. Would... Yeah. Okay, okay, if I was commissioner, I'd say, like, okay, want to yeah. tell all our captains, like, yeah. please tell your officers to identify themselves. You know, well, they still they could still say something. I mean, yep. you know, well, obviously we know that. Well, we don't know. God damn it! It's it's a. I can't really discuss it really on the painted, podcast. Painted in a corner here. Yes. Yeah. So I don't think Karen went to jail. I think no. if she got a, if the if the cops are killing, there ain't no chilling. I don't know. Like I'm trying to what? do a Johnny Cochran thing there. Oh, whatever. oh, oh! Like the glove don't fit. Yeah, you must have quit. quit. Whatever. So- <laughs> So tourism is down. Yeah. No one's coming to the Broadway shows or the pizzas or the or the the, the stuff. So the mayor wants everyone. The mayor wants this solved. Yep. So this is when we meet uh, Ellen. Ellen and her husband Jack. Jack, not Jeff. I, I... Sorry. We go to Ellen Forrest, who is uh, clipping newspaper clippings that are mentioning this maniac cop, and she's putting them in a big book. Yes. It's weird. She's like clip, clipping them out and saving them. Uh, we assume has this this must have taken place 
over a matter of a couple of weeks, you think? I mean, in order for there to be, like, multiple newspaper clippings, do you think that this these first few killings and then the trouble with people getting mad at the cops, this has to have been, like, a couple of weeks at this point, maybe. Yes. Right? It can't just be, like, three nights in a row, and now the city's in a panic, and we've received tons of letters, and she's got all these newspaper clippings. This has to have been a little bit of a time for she's got years. some news clippings i mean not all because what we what what it says in the news clipping we don't see it but it says claims fourth victim okay From at this moment we've only seen three right cassie um nancy's boy oh uh sam sam and the uh musician and the and the jazz the coltrane right. right well the fourth victim could have been the cop who got mistakenly killed yeah but it's not the maniac but not the maniac victim him. yeah so well, anyway I, I still think it's maybe like a week but she's still holding the clippings sure. she's also keeping a diary so this has all true. become a part of it so um yeah. we learn in this scene it's uh jack forrest is uh, getting ready for his shift uh his back to the camera we don't see they his don't face. see his face hmm i know uh and they're having a discussion about um counseling uh we learn that they've got some marital marital trouble Jack uh, says, you're the one who dropped out of therapy. I offered to pay for all the sessions. And she's like, you know, you have to go to work tonight again. And he's like, yeah, the flu is going around. So they're having more of us work. And she's like, but it's always the night shift. And, you know, I don't like it. And this is weird to me. She seems to have depression. She does. And she says, don't leave after you've told me that. It would be weird for me. Like if my partner was like, don't leave. Stay with me after you told me that. In my, you were afraid that I'm going to kill you. You have dreams about me killing you, and I try yeah. to reach out to you, and yeah, you pull she away. Says she's scared of him. Yeah. Uh, so she claims she's scared of him, but then right, she doesn't want him to go. Um, he's like, I gotta go. I'm on the duty roster, you know. And uh, they don't mention the killer cop though. Like no. the, he do, he says the flu, which is interesting that you bring that up, Andy. Yep. They need us out there more because there's a maniac cop on the or. Drink? No, there, there's like there's <laughs> someone who's pretending to be a cop that's out there on the loose. Yeah, he didn't little, say that. Little does Jack know, mm-hmm. he's the one being set up. Right. At this point, that's not clear, but you're right. It's it's, it's about to be clear. Bruce Campbell does look like... I'm going to put this to the test like we did last time with um, okay. our our sheriff... Oh, and, and uh, uh, Dylan, McDermott Dylan McDermott and our chef Dean, our sheriff Dean in shallow grave. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna do Jim, a young Jim Carrey from Liar Liar uh-huh. and Bruce Campbell from this from fucking this movie. movie, and I'm okay. gonna do a side by side. I want everyone that's, that's, the, that's your homework, students. Uh, you're gonna take so, that quiz. I'll post well, it after we publish. So good. Well, uh, Jack tells uh, his wife Ellen, you know, you'll you'll be fine. There's a lot of locks on the door, and you know how to use a gun. So I have to go. I'll leave you here, and he leaves. And the phone rings, and the phone rings. Ellen answers it, and it's somebody on the other end going, "He left, didn't he?" You know, and she's like, "Who are you? Why do you keep calling?" Implying that this isn't the first call she's gotten. And this person, it's a woman's voice on the other end. It's just like antagonizing about her husband. Maybe he's going out to do those killings, and and Ellen is um, visibly upset and, and hangs up the phone and goes and gets the gun out of the drawer and follows. Jack, do you think it's because I mean, well, maybe I'm answering my own question here, Andy. She's following. She decides to follow her husband, Jack, because this is a repeated phone call. Mm-hmm. So, so, so she doesn't think about what she, I don't think she's thinking about what she sees. Or what no. She does find out. Yep. She is she in her head thinking this woman could be onto something. My husband, who I'm having problems with, could be this maniac cop that I've been 
putting in my scrapbook. Yes, that's what I think. I, you're right. It's exactly right. Uh, this is a, a she's gotten these calls before. Uh, Jack keeps he's having to work all these extra shifts, uh, and he won't. You know, they're always at night, and he won't talk to her about you know their problems. They're already on the rocks with their marriage. So yes, I don't think she suspects him of having an affair. <laughs> I think she suspects that he's the well, killer. Well, that's, I mean, she follows him, and we, you yep. know, it's a little drawn out scene where I think. I fast forwarded on my second watch. Yeah, so yeah. did I. I fast forwarded a couple things on this. Um, yep. But uh, she's put on a trench coat yep. to cover her robe and her nightgown, I guess, and she hits the streets of New York to follow her husband. He's on foot. He's on foot, yep. kind of just strolling. Yep. Nighttime New York City. Uh, pulls up. On foot, on his arches, yeah. pulls up on his arches to a seedy ass motel. Yeah, definitely a no tell motel. No tell motel. Yes, and they rent by the hour. Rent by the well, with me by the minute. Giggity. And so he, uh, <laughs> she watches him from afar uh, go up to the second floor and into one of the rooms, and she goes into the office. And fun fact: the manager there at the hotel is the director of the movie. Oh yes, I did. There's read no that as well. no dialogue, but you can see her uh, talking to the guy at the front desk, and must be talking. Very to him similar into, to Intruder, where our, yeah. our, our yes, where must be talking room. to him into giving her a key to whatever room Jack went into. How did how do you? I mean, I guess it's the '80s. Maybe maybe yeah. you know she gave a him more like trusting. a little bit of cocaine. I don't she, know, but. Yeah, she could have just said like, uh, "Me and my husband are standing yeah, in yeah. room one twelve. There you go. There you go. We don't. Uh, there, yeah, not the dive in that. So it's, mm-hmm. so she she gets into the room. Yeah. Where she discovers our buddy Bruce Campbell, yeah, having some <laughs> on IMDb, the parental guide said there was mild nudity in this, and there's so no, I looked at it. There's no nudity, zero nudity in this. There, movie. I mean, Unless, that's fine. Uh, you count the flashback scene in the jail later on. No, you don't see butt. No, you don't see anything. No, you but, don't even see like there's. I mean, you might see a side butt, yeah, but there's no. That's I mean, mild nudity. <laughs> I mean, I dig what you're saying, but uh, they, but he is having uh, an affair, an affair with another cop. This is where we meet yep. uh, Teresa Mallory, right, Officer Mallory. Uh, Officer although Mallory. in this specific scene, it's just a blonde lady. We don't know who she is. Yes. Just yet. Well, no bullshit. Really? I call bullshit. Oh, don't don't get mad, Andy. I won't. I'll get even. All right. Well, first time. <laughs> uh, no, but when when she's walking in, there's two officer hats. There's oh, two there officers. is. Oh my God, Nick. <laughs> I owe you an apology. I did not notice that. I'm very sorry. I thought my first watch, some rando bimbo blonde that he was banging on the side, did not know because you learn later it's a it's a fellow police officer. Yeah, but, and um, with fresh eyes, uh, now I see it was. It was, it was yeah, on the chair. So that's when she's like two two hats, two guns. Whatever. Maybe she thinks, "Ooh, my husband might be involved in a homosexual affair." <laughs> no big deal, but you know it's the eighties, and you know there's probably you know a lot of mixing yeah. ecstasy with cocaine. Sure. So anyway, she, when she does enter the room, it's 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 our it's Officer Mallory. Yep. And and he's like, "I don't want you to find out like this." I'm sorry. She pulls out the fucking gun. Yeah. And like, oh, tension. Is she gonna shoot him? Is she gonna shoot them both? She um, she makes a threat, but she decides just to fucking take off and yep. run. She leaves. She and exits course, onto the street. Uh, the mood is killed, and Officer Jack can't finish now because uh, his wife just ran out, and he's just like, "Ugh, crap." She uh, runs down the street a little ways and gets grabbed and pulled into a van, which we know who it is. It's Armenian. It's Armenian cop. Um, and uh, discovers, uh, yeah. So and then 
it's, it's like, like exterior next oh, day yeah, next day that's next right. day motel room cleaning lady yeah. interior down. yep the cleaning lady enters the room um uh she's like Are you folks checked out yet there's no one there but when she gets to the she bedroom, doesn't like knock on the door and go housekeeping no she doesn't housekeeping she does not she, she doesn't she just fucking enters walks right in picks up a lamp that that uh that ellen knocked over when she was running out uh obviously jack and and Teresa have checked out and they're yeah gone. they're way gone uh and the cleaning lady discovers ellen's dead body in the bedroom i got bed. a great picture of Throat that slashed yeah that i'll post too like that was some good effects yeah like, yeah she's almost decapitated dude so our maniac cop uh killed her and uh, left her in the hotel room Sl- throat slit now i think andy that all eyes are on jack well, yeah, his wife winds up dead in a hotel room. <laughs> I'm not um, laughing at the dead wife, I'm sorry. No, but uh, the next scene is uh, Captain Ripley. Roll call. And he walks into roll call and says, uh, Forrest, let's talk. Okay, yeah, he's got a, he's got a gravelly voice. I got a gravelly New Yorker Jack voice. Jack Forrest and, and brings him out and uh, says, like, you know, um, how are you and your wife? And Jack just says, like, oh, did she call you to talk about our troubles? Yeah. And Ripley's like... Uh, oh, so you guys are having troubles, huh? What, what is what, that's none of your fucking business, Captain? And that's what Jack says. Yeah. He goes Ripley, and he's uh, Captain Ripley. And oh yeah, <laughs> Captain Ripley. Um, what is my you know what business is my personal life of yours? And he just says, since your wife was found dead in a hotel room this morning with her throat cut from here to here, do you want to see the pretty pictures? No, that can't be true. It can't be true. And of course. Uh, Jack just says, like, she ran out. Uh, you know, she had a gun. I tried to stop her, and she ran out. And Ripley's like, oh, so you were there. And Jack's like, well, yeah, but, you know, it was all a big problem. I didn't want her to. And he just says, before you go any further, I should read you your rights. Yeah, let me read you your rights there, now, you weirdo. Yeah, because now Jack Forrest is suspect number one. And suspect number death. one. And yeah. what's kind of cool about Jack is that he doesn't want to narc out Officer Mallory yet. Teresa? No. Yeah. Because no. she doesn't, she's not obviously in. She's not in a. I mean, well, and that's his alibi for uh, the other killings. But you know, he but, was in the room when you know, and his wife died in the and, and wound up in this hotel. But the other murders, he's got an alibi. But that's yeah. But that's okay. That's what I'm confused. Yeah, Officer Teresa Mallory, what we assume isn't have. I mean, I guess she could have a husband and kids, but I'm assuming she doesn't. But he doesn't want to give her up yet. Is mm-hmm. he afraid of her career? It's the 80s. It's, you know, I mean, I know that women and, you know, promotions and it could set her back. So he's thinking of her Hmm. because even when the lawyer comes in, they're interrogating him. Uh, Ripley and McCray, the detective and the captain are interrogating our buddy Jack. Yep. The lawyer comes in. Get out of here. I'm talking to my client. Oh, his defense attorney. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and. He's just saying, take the charge. He's a shitty lawyer. Uh, he is. He's just like you're, you're complete insanity. Uh, well, you blacked well, out. Back up just a second. So right. the, uh, McCray and and Ripley are interrogating Jack, saying they have the newspaper clippings that his wife had kept of all of the uh, uh, maniac cop killings, and they found her diary, diary where she talks about being afraid of him. Uh, he was at the hotel where she was found dead. They were having marital trouble. So yeah. It's pretty good writing, Nick. Uh, a lot of all these signs would point to him as being guilty. You know, the the way they've set this up. If you're a, a person, uh, if you're uh, uh, Captain Ripley or Detective McCray, you're like, yeah, geez, this guy sure seems guilty. I think. 
because uh, all this is pointing to him. But Ripley, of course, falls for it. McCray does. does not. McCray's right. like, he said things that make you go, hmm. hmm. And but so he, the defense the, attorney yeah, is like, hey, like, just go, go, Maybe please. you uh, don't remember yeah, doing it. Yeah, you would have seen. The passion. I, I like it, the pizza. To. And Jack's like, wait a minute. I didn't do it. I'm not pleading yeah. guilty to anything. And he's like, I had, an I have alibi. an alibi. I have an alibi. But I don't want, I want to see if we can catch the real killer in a week. Right. Before I give you her name. Right. Um, and I think it's because if he is, maybe Jack knows that he is being framed and he doesn't want her but to he be can't, in danger. Oh, boy, that's, <laughs> I, I know I dig it, but that's, she's in danger already because that's what we find out, you know, like we, we, you know, he tells the lawyer, um, you know, about the affair, but no name, but yeah. McCray's going to dive in deeper, but before he yeah. dives in deeper, um, the new show decides to show Joe Q Public. So That's right. McCray and Ripley are in a bar, and we have the TV. The TV's on, and it's every. It's just like, I guess a cameraman goes out, hands someone a microphone, hands Joe Q Public the microphone. It's a man on the street thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's it's a montage of just oh, different people. Yeah, what? but it's, it's what the African-American gentleman says that he's like, They'll say that they see a gun on you. They'll say they'll see a knife on you. Hell, they'll see a flash of silver on you and think that's a gun and it's your belt buckle and they'll shoot you. They're cops. They're, they want to kill people. That's why they're cops. This was a very yes. uh, hard part to watch, I guess, because if you are I interested wrote, that's in... scary. If you're interested in what's going on in the news at all these days, this little mini montage of various, you know, like Nick says, John Q members of the public giving their opinions about cops. You're like, holy shit, this is fiction. But it also applies. It's a, the way a lot of pe- a lot of people feel. These I, days. I, I can't agree with yeah. you more, Andy. And again, not getting political, but it's scary. Well, one dude says, like, back in my day, you know, you, were, you respected the cops. Yeah. And now it seems like they got to shoot you to get you to respect them. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, you're right. I should have written though, some of that down, but it even was Even though the maniac cop hasn't shot anybody. I, I mean, know. He didn't. Sh- he hasn't fired a gun at all. He's yeah. using a, a, <laughs> a knife, and... knife longer than a knife, but shorter than a sword. <laughs> but, yeah, and, he, and he's suffocating people in concrete, but yeah. I digress. But, yeah, this is a it was a cool little series it, of that, sound bites. It is, a, and, and I think this is such a great pick, Andy, by the way, um, when you uh, mentioned it last week. And after watching it, it it sucks to say this, man. I, I fucking hate saying this, but it does resonate. It really does. Uh, and we've got Ripley and McRae sitting there kind of wallowing in, like, this is fucking shitty. Yeah, but know? Frank still thinks the real maniac cop is out there. He's got, like, a sixth sense. Yeah, McRae says to Ripley, like, I don't think Jack did this. He's Ooh. protecting someone. He's not the... He's not our guy. And Ripley's like, what? <laughs> Ripley in his gravelly voice is like... <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? Are you a fucking cop? And McCray's like, fuck you. And yeah. Like, yeah, fuck you. You know, and they do yeah. a little hey, fuck New you. Yorker, yeah. Hey, New Yorker, we fucking Hey, I'm walking here. Yeah. Fuck you. Hey, you get away pizza. from here. Yeah. What the fuck? Here's the, the Giants. That's how New Yankees. York sounds. Jets. I hate the Jets. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> oh, the accent. I love the fucking Knicks. Uh, Madison I love you Square too. Garden. All oh, the New York Knicks. Oh yeah. Well, I love this Nick. Thank you. Uh, so they're obviously at odds. Really. Yeah, but Frank Ripley thinks Jack's our guy, and and Frank McRae's like, no, I don't think he is. I'm gonna go visit Jack in the clink. He goes to visit him in the holding cell, and he questions him about it. Um, he truly believes him, which I thought was rad. And Jack says, "Why me?" And he's like, "Your size and description," which we talked about earlier in this podcast. Bullshit. Yeah. They know. have. I mean. You White would need two cup. Jack Forests 
together to make the shoulder width of our maniac cop. <laughs> a guy who seriously could pick up a, a pick up a 180 pound jazz musician and throw him like I mean I'm like even the drunk boy with our killer workout girl uh, Nancy like I mean yeah he. And we get to more throwing around of the maniac cop. He, yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. Again, I know it's a story. Yeah. No big deal to kind of go into it. But yeah. uh, he also, <laughs> when he says size and description, he tells Jack, well, I think that, you know, that you're being framed because of your size and description. White yeah. guy cop. White guy, tall guy Great cop. chin. Um, right. okay. But the info is coming in from the department. Who yeah. can be? Somebody inside the department is letting this cop know who's who. Yeah, and so, and he finally tells her. For, I mean, Jack finally tells McCray, "Hey, I'm I'm um, I'm banging another officer." Yep. His name is Tim, and he's wonderful. <laughs> no, uh, he finally tells <laughs> McCray that it. he's having uh, an affair, an affair with uh, Officer Mallory, Teresa Mallory. And where and is she? We got to talk to her because she could be in danger too. She's on duty tonight. And she's working vice squad as a prostitute. That's exactly what I wrote too. She is a prostitute by herself. No, no earpiece. No earpiece. Yeah, I've watched enough cops in my day. Like no. you know, there's like twelve cops, so she won't get in danger. I thought but, it was that too. Yeah. yeah, I thought there'd be a like a sting, like she's wearing a wire. Yeah. So what if she does arrest someone? Does she pull out a gun and says, "Okay, come with me"? I guess she does. And and and, so. you're, and like, yeah. that, but then it keeps the job going. So they take the John. I've, okay, if anybody out there is in cops and they do <laughs> prostitution stings, yeah. On either side, yeah. when they show the female cops and they make them look kind of more drug-addled, yeah. Teresa Mallory in this uh, fucking sting looks wonderful. And that's yeah. when the John pulls up. Yeah. Hey, baby. He, got a good time? And she asks if he's a cop. And she, you know, are you a cop? And she's like, yeah. Is that that thing where... If, yeah, that's where this comes from. <laughs> like, I thought that was so If funny. I ask you if you're a cop, you got to say yes. You have to say yes. I heard that's bullshit. Like, it is bullshit. Yeah. She... Uh, Right, because she's like, uh, he's like, can I take you somewhere? And she's just like, uh, I'm pretty comfortable right here. And he's like, well, do you, you know, can I interest, can I get you in the car to, you know, do some stuff? And she's just like, what do you have in mind? Be specific. And he stops, and that's when he says, are you a cop? Well, and she's like, it. you asked the million-dollar question. I am. Get I home, am. Get home to your wife. Get and, home to your wife and kid, you but know. what's so crazy? He's like, like I'll, I'll be, be thinking about you. But then she gives him the sensual, like, like, I know you can't see it over the microphone, but with my voice, that should give you something. She get, looks at him like this, and he goes, like, I, can't, I can't arrest you for that. Yeah, like, I mean, it's almost a seductive, like, you know, yeah. I'm going to go home and so, grab some Jergens. So it's this movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's this movie that perpetuates that rumor that if I if I ask you if you're a cop, you, you have, have to, to say me. yes. Because it happened here. The guy said, are you a cop? And she said, yep, yep I am. Yep, there you go. Which Get out of here. horse shit. Obviously, they don't so have to she, do that. She gives up her vice uh, sting yeah. and decides to walk in an alley where she's, you know, lighting up a cigarette. Yep. And there's our maniac cop. She's accosted by our maniac cop. How did he know where she was working? How did she know who she was? He's getting his information yes. from and somewhere in the department. And what's rad is that McCray yeah. is driving around looking for her. Yeah. She so, pulls her gun and starts shooting the guy. Because he's you know tries to kill her. He throws yeah. her down. He throws her down and she starts shooting and McCray hears the gunshots and he And he up. starts shooting. This maniac cop, I counted, was shot 213 times. You counted all of them? No, I'm just kidding. It was quite a few. It was, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, Teresa shot until she had no bullets left. McCray got and McCray like hit a, little... a few of them too. He got scratched by the the knife. Yeah. On his hand. But, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we know that. So the first thing you think, 
bulletproof vest. That's what I was thinking. But then Mallory, when there's when they go back to the bar, like yeah. after the shooting, and she's all kind of wired. I mean, I, yeah, she's I just, addled. She's scared. Well, yeah. you think adrenaline would be pretty fucking yeah, crazy? Absolutely. So. I shot him four times in the face, Frank. That's what I know she said. Shoot. I hit yeah. him in the head. Um, yeah, that's the next scene. Uh, the cop, the maniac cop, runs away, and and McCray and Teresa go to uh, a bar where she wants um, to, where he wants to start a tab, and she's like, "Okay." Twenty seconds later, she comes back and says, "Last call." Last call. Like if I was, was like, "Hey, can I start a tab?" Well, you probably last call is going to be in about twenty seconds, mm-hmm. so you might want to double up. Okay, I'll take another fucking PBR and shot a yeah. fucking JMO, and then yeah. Again, not important in the movie. <laughs> I know, but still. I didn't. More important to Nick. It bothered, it bothered me. Not, not important. She's like, yeah, I'll start you a tab. 20 seconds later, <laughs> hey, last call. Jesus Christ. Why didn't you tell me it. that 20 seconds ago? It, you... it was weird. Uh, Shitty ass waitress. But they're, they're, um, they're drinking, and McCray is uh, telling Teresa, you know, we yep. got to get you somewhere to protect you. Uh, this guy, obviously, he knew where you work in Vice. He knew... He knew uh, where you were working tonight. Uh, he's getting his information from somewhere. You had to have told someone, Teresa, that you yep. and Jack were an item. You, someone has to know. And Teresa's just like, well, yeah, I may have let it slip to Sally. Sally uh, Nolan. Sally Nolan, who's a fixture down at police headquarters. She's like a den mother. Yeah, a den mother to all of us. She's Especially uh, the female cops. And she has a... Uh, a cane and wears a brace on her leg. That's so, how. And McCray's like, "Oh yeah, I know her. I've never talked to her, but I know who you're talking I know about." You're, so let's go visit her. Yeah. So Frank goes to visit Sally, who's a gimp, and uh, she's. <laughs> I mean, not a gimp. Him. Sorry, that came out wrong. She's yep. uh, got a little crip to her leg. You know, she needs a yeah. cane. Yeah. Not too friendly, but uh, she's pretty standoffish. But, uh, yeah. but it's perfect, kind of, for her job where she sits in clerical every day. Yeah. So. So she's got the records wow. for everybody. They make office. small talk. And they talk about, McRae mentions, um, it's hard to, can you get a pen? He, he goes there under the guise of filling out some yes. form for something. And he, just the banter. He grabs a pen and he's try, He's like, Mindless it's hard to banter. write. I just got some stitches in my arm tonight. You know, I was attacked. And, you know, we have a mutual friend, Teresa, and she had a run in. She had a run in tonight with a guy and. I had to, you know. We, is she okay? Is she okay? This is right away when I thought it was Maniac Cop's mom. Oh. I thought it was mom. Yeah, okay. I thought right away, first watch, I was like, Maniac yeah. Cop's mom. I, I knew know. we had the right one. Well, McCray is just like, yeah, she's fine. You know, so he's letting a little information slip to Sally. And then uh, he leaves. And he ends up following her after her shift is over. He follows her all the way to Pier 14. Pier 14. Uh, not Pier 1. Yeah, she's not going to get nice wicker baskets or Yankee candles. <laughs> she's going to Pier 14. She's going to Pier 14, where, where she goes to get meth and cocaine. Yeah. And meet her lover, not her son, Andy. No, I never As thought. we thought. Yeah. No, I thought it was mom. And even here, she's acting very motherly in this scene. Right. They pull into Pier 14. Maniac uh, loves his gal. But she's got that mom vibe. I mean, it's she's like, you know, like I would think, like she's talking to him like I would think if I was really bummed out, yep. my mom would talk to me. Great mom I have. Sure. She's a wonderful woman. Shout out to Kay Collier. You know, I was getting that vibe. Not of nope. a fucking, you know. A lover. Penis vagina. Yes. <laughs> lover. So Sally wants to help him kill, but she's really pissed. She's looking at Maniac Cup with... You know, as the, you know, holding his hand next to her cheek and goes, why are you killing the innocent people? Yeah. I thought you were going to go after the drug dealers. Clean the up scum, the streets. Yeah. Clean up the streets, but now you're killing innocent people. This isn't like you to want this revenge. Yeah, you, you know? still can kill the mayor and commissioner. I understand. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, you want to get fine. revenge on the mayor and the commissioner. But why are you, you, why are you doing all this? But Frank is, meanwhile, still 
kind of rolling into Pier 14. He's yeah. he's trying to hide and listen into this conversation, yeah. which is short. Yeah, he, he bumps the board, and then, you know, he Sally. He hears her, though, call him Matt. I mean, yes, she's Matt talking Cordell. to Matt. Yes, Matt, Matt gotta, sorry. This is where we first learned the Maniac Cop's name, because she's Cordell. calling him Matt. Uh, and and that and Frank can hear it, and he knocks over a piece of wood, and she, who's there? Yeah, and yeah, I, I love that. Him. Who's there? Answer me. And so she just opens her gun. Two questions. Yeah. She's never fired. The backup is, no backup is called. No, like, he just, everything just kind of ends. He runs away, and you hear a cat go, yeah, I love and that. so she's like, oh, it was a cat. Yeah, but you would think the next day, yeah. Frank would say, well, we need to hold Nancy fucking... You're right. Uh, we need to grab Sally. her. Sally. Yeah. Sally Nolan. Sorry. He we never... need to hold Sally Nolan. Never no. says that. Never says anything weird and never really dives into her. I mean, it just... T- I already well, knew the story. now he knows that she's working with the cop. The yeah, cop. I dig that, brother. But, I mean, I knew already. Like, I was like, yeah. I just kind of felt like the steps were, were going. It was uh, a little weird. He, it, um, I, I just wanted an answer. and I, But he doesn't call for backup. He lets mm-hmm. them skate. Um, yep. Sally's not even fired from her job. And now we learn more about Matt Cordell. Yeah, it's the next day, or I suppose, I don't know, McCray is looking into Matt Cordell because he heard, he heard the name Matt. So he's got, uh, he was a shoot first and ask questions later type of cop. And apparently he stepped on people's rights, and they um, sent him to Sing Sing. They sent him to Sing Sing. They locked him up for very topical right now. Yeah, so I mean, violating a... people's rights. I mean, if yeah. you if you say that, by, does that mean you kill them? Yeah, you I step mean, on the back a, of their net for ten minutes. This then, was a yeah. shoot first or ask questions later cop. Uh, but he was who, decorated. He was a good detective, I guess. He was very decorated, but they locked him up for violating rights. We learned that Matt. Well, while McCray is talking to the. The, the records clerk. Yeah. We learned that Matt did have a girlfriend who he brought by at one point to visit. She was also a cop. And apparently she was so distraught. This is dialogue between McCray and this record guy. She, this chick was so distraught at his verdict that she threw herself out of a window. And crippled herself. And crippled herself. They didn't know that she was... Fucking Sally Nolan, that she's yeah. been working on the force. That I she's guess not. I don't dig this part of it. That's when I was like, oh, she threw herself out the window, and now she wears a leg brace and walks with a cane, and it's Sally Nolan. And yeah. oh my god, come on! Dude, <laughs> but even all this, it was like, yeah. it's like detective. They're the work. best worst detectives. Nick. Yeah, I mean seriously, like it's. I'm gonna make a stoner comedy about two detectives. <laughs> Pineapple, exp- I don't know. Anyway, like it was so dumb to me because I was like, "Hey, yeah. this this should be happening more." Like, oh, you know, there was a woman he was dating. She was really bummed. She threw herself out the window, crippled. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The girl I saw last night Who talking could to it the- be. Yeah, we. This is when we get our backstory. I was just about to say we go back to the pier, pier fourteen. He's so cute sleeping. Matt Cordell is laying on some random junk sleeping. Yeah, he's so cute, but he's dreaming about the past. Yes, and he's flashing back to his days in Sing Sing. The gavel that goes on forever. It's like okay, judge, judge, I get it. Yeah, the judge, a black the, judge, really. I'm just kidding. Very progressive. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, the prison. Yep. They they kind of a flyover drone shot now for our millennials. Uh, this was obviously a helicopter shot. Yeah, in this uh, movie, the glare, yeah. the the. So we get a, a view of Sing Sing. We're getting glares from the other prisoners as his POV, as we always bring up yep. in, in these podcasts. He's walking his, in. He's walking in. We're getting glares from every kind of race, every kind of type of type prisoner. of prisoner. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 
uh, all that would like, be walking through. You can tell they're all whispering, like, that's the cop. That's the one. We're fuck. He's a hey, fucking cop. Yeah, look, he's, he's got a big-ass chin. Look at that fucking cop. God. Yeah. Hey, hey, I know he's going to take a shower, so let's get him. Probably. And what's so funny, when they attack him in the shower, Andy, yeah. he sounds like Madman Mars. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's his sound. Yeah. So go back and listen to one of our episodes of uh, our favorite film. Um, <laughs> one of Man. our favorite, one of our favorite films, Madman. Yeah, and that's well, uh, the killer, Madman Mars. Yeah, so that's the that's the flashback. Matt is in Matt Cordell in the shower, and Slashed. that's probably your mild nudity, um, which there isn't no... even really nudity. Yeah, it's... and he gets jumped by a few other prisoners, and eventually he gets all slashed up and stabbed. And there's a nice long shot of bloody water going down the drain. But it's such a, it's such a it's a mouth slash, like almost like the Joker. Oh, yeah. How did I get these scars sort of thing? Yeah, like, yeah. this is when I thought was rad, Andy. Like, this is, we get to see his face later, of course, but yeah. it, it was a good setup. I, this yeah. movie was, as you said earlier in the podcast, it's not one of our cheesy, forgotten, no. Maniac Cop is, uh, can stand on its own, and this is, this was a good scene. The flashback with our sweet little boy was uh, was very sweet. But <laughs> we, everyone thinks he's dead. Yeah. He's uh, we jump back to the present, McRae and okay. Teresa. Um question jack uh and i put question in in quotation marks yeah they interrogate, they interrogate quote, unquote. Jack. mccray brings Teresa in and and uh jack you know to sit down and, and talk about him but mccray uh he knows that jack's innocent but they, he can't prove it yet so to he the just, da yeah because right hey matt cordell did it uh right. andy they they have no he didn't well, he's dead yeah they have but they have compelling evidence and so um, yes, McCray leaves Teresa and says, "You keep questioning him, and you know, wink, wink, rough him up a little, wink, wink." Yeah, and you guys go ahead and make out. I'm gonna leave the interrogation room, dude. Your wife was just brutally murdered by a, a fucking maniac cop that's, that's trying to. Yeah. Jack is not mourning that at all. No, he he's, is. He feels he's free. Like, free as a dove. Yeah, and he's like <laughs> Suzanne Summers in the '80s, like. She's got that look, like she's got the look, like that blonde, because she's still got the blonde, crimpy hair from when she's doing Vice, yeah, by herself, uh, for a prostitution ring. Again, I just kind of thought that was uncomfortable. I, you know, right. if, if like even if I was, I'd be like, hey, you know, like my wife was just brutally murdered. I know we had our difficulty, but yep. um, right now is not a good time to make out as I'm still being held for suspicion of killing a fuckload of people. Yeah, well, McCray oh, goes to the uh, records department. I don't know. To if do more investigating. To more, yeah, or to confront Sally, or I don't know. But Sally gets a drop on him. Well, because on the screen, why does it say on the oh, screen, yeah. Maniac, Maniac Cop? Cop. Drink. Drink. They mention the name of the movie in this movie yeah. a lot. That's the reporter. She yeah. says, ooh, she Maniac Cop. She dubbed him, yeah. Yeah, ooh, she think did. it's a cop? A Maniac Cop? Most reporters do. Uh, the hillsides are the... Uh, the press is the ones yeah, who the, the media gives the name. Yeah, yeah. The, the Night Stalker, the yep. media did that. Yep. Uh, the Hillside Strangler, they yep. did that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the uh, Maniac Cop drink. So, but... Sally gets the drop on McRae and starts beating him with her cane. Because he discovers a... What? A glove in her purse. Oh, he yeah, he starts rooting through her purse yeah. without a search warrant? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, and finds the white glove. And she dis- and decides, I'm going to beat the fuck starts, out of you. She's screaming like he doesn't, yes. he, he knows, he knows, he doesn't need me, he knows. And she starts beating the hell out of McCray and must bust his stitches on his hand because his hand starts bleeding. Um, I didn't catch that. That was interesting because that was yeah. probably going to be my next question. Yeah. As uh, she's beating the shit out of him, like I really thought she was going to kill him, but he yeah. grabs her cane and McCray finally grabs the cane. And so she's no longer, she realizes that she no longer has a weapon. Yeah. She takes off. 
she stumbled. Well, she's got a she's got a stumble. Yes, legs, but so, so she's kind of using and she's screaming to herself. And I didn't really catch it because it was so piercing and it's a good scream. <laughs> it's a good scream. It's a good scream. She uh, she comes b- upon yeah a, a cop a cop hanging from the ceiling from a belt like dead yeah dead and she screams he's here yes he's here that's when you know right away. So our our hero Frank McRae, great detective, great yep. mustache. Comes up grabs her. grabs her, tries yeah. to take her back. Um, I guess we're hearing some more uh, commotion and shit. Like, well, yeah, we flash back to the interrogation room where Teresa and Jack are. They hear the scream. They're like, "What was that?" And back to McCray. But and then, then he he busts through a window and grabs his love of his maniac life. Maniac cop. Maniac cop grabs, grabs his Sally. Sa- yes, Sally yeah. Nolan. And and he starts our cripple. Yeah, and he grabs her and starts beating her bashing her face against a wall why would okay why i don't know like why would you like this is the woman that was holding her hand like he was looking at her like well she had just got done screaming he doesn't need me he doesn't need me why i I don't know and you still had a love for her maybe this is a pretty weird gap in the plot hole in the plot (laughs) i'll even bring this like it what it shows to me is that your mental uh, your, your mind it deteriorates this yeah. is I'm just gonna bring this up real quick in Rob Zombie's Halloween okay um, Edward James almost as that is the our, our you know Latin yeah. X actor yeah. who is awesome mm-hmm. um, he plays like a janitor and he's known little Michael Myers when he was like you know when brought in you yeah. know like I guess what 10 years old to when that big ass fucker is in his 20s so he's known him for a long time he grew yeah. up with him yeah always protected him Michael Myers no problem killing him yeah, like it wasn't even like, like let like so. Well, that's Michael Myers, man. He doesn't give a fuck. Well, that's what, okay. Maniac cop doesn't give a fuck. I guess not. Sorry, I didn't mean to raise my voice at it's you. I'm okay. sorry. I really do apologize. I don't. I so no again, I, to it whatsoever. But I, I did like I, I, I wrote. The, Let's talk. Yeah. What's the title of this movie again? <laughs> Maniac cop, not sane cop who likes people that he likes. It's maniac. Kind of in love, cop. Yeah, I'm in love with that girl, so I won't kill her, cop. No, it's maniac. It's complicated, cop. Right. Like, uh, uh, like Mountaintop Motel. He's like the the gal in Mountaintop Motel who just randomly threw cockroaches in the room. Oh yeah, minor inconvenience. Yeah, yeah. he's crazy, just like her. He's crazy. So he grabs Sally. Kills her, you know, smacks her against the wall, and McCray's like, "Put her down!" And he throws her down onto a desk, and then he starts beating the hell out of McCray. Yeah, and this is like, yes, and this is as Mallory and uh, Jack hear the commotion. Mallory's yeah. like, "You stay here. I'm gonna go find out." They she finds another dead cop. There yep. are dead cops everywhere. This is like where I start getting lost in the kill count. Yes, a little bit. The, the maniac is is killing Frank. It sucks because uh, I. I like Frank McRae. I like Frank McRae. He's um, like my motel hell uh, buddy. Oh, Melvin. Melvin. Uh, yeah. Like he was, he, he, you know, he might be in the slashies this year. Right. But uh, go ahead. Well, uh, what happens is uh, Teresa Mallory and Jack Forrest get out of the, they discover that the interrogation cell is unlocked and open. They can, because they're buzzing the buzzer to be let out, but it's open. Uh, and it turns out the officer who was manning the door is dead. There's another officer who's um, pinned to some uh, to the bars of a of the door, like the, it's a it's barred, you know, like a jail cell bars. Totally with handcuffs. Yes, around his neck, 
handcuffs around the bar. They find another officer if hanging. I, if they would have shown that, sorry to interrupt, Andy. If yeah. they would have shown that, that would have been my dick kill shot. Oh, showing happening? Yes. Yeah, that would have right. been awesome. And then they find, I think, a second officer hanging right near all these guys, too. Uh, there's a couple dead officers in the hallway, like on the stairs. Um, so Jack and uh, Teresa are sneaking around the, the police station. I think Jack says to Teresa, you know, you go um, get help or go somewhere. I'll try to find him because they separate. Yes. No, he's like, if, if I'm not downstairs in five minutes, you hotwire the car. Right. She's like, why? And he's like, because this is my battle. Right. Right. I don't, you know, you go. You so go get in the car. She goes. Yeah. She, so she, that's what she does. Right. And Jack is sneaking around the station, uh, pulls a gun off one of the dead cops. And <clears throat> another um, another officer gets the drop on him uh, and says, like, you killed all these people. And he's like, you escaped your cell and killed all these people. And Jack's like, no, it wasn't me. It, the, the real guy's here somewhere. You're letting him get away. Uh, and it's the same time uh, Cordell is still throwing McCray around like hitting him against yeah. file cabinets and tossing him around. They keep cutting back and forth. Great. And Jack, uh, 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 Jack punches out this other officer. Yeah. This, this is the one, be, yeah, this is the one be detective that we only see once in, in the morgue. Yeah. When Cassie is dead. It was, is, it was a no name, no name, but no name detective. I'm, I'm sure he's got a name, but it doesn't he's matter. A dick bag. A fuck fuck so him. Jack punches him and takes the gun back. Uh, and he's running. Where's he running? Uh, Oh, this is when uh, we go back to McCray getting beat up and eventually thrown out the window. The maniac Ooh. cop tosses uh, Detective McCray out the window, and Teresa is down on the ground in the car, and we get a from-the-ground view of the window shattering. Great McCray shot. falling out, screaming yeah. all the way down, and he hits the top of a taxi cab, and he's dead, and that's my dick, dick kill, kill shot of the, of the week. week. I want to take a second to explain it. It's been a few episodes. Uh, for those of you who might be new listeners, mm. I'm sad. Let's just decompress for a yeah. second. For those of you who might be new listeners, the very first movie that Nick and I watched in episode one was uh, Splatter University. The yes. Very, the very first yeah. kill first kill in our first movie on our pilot podcast episode was a guy getting stabbed in the dick. Stabbed in the dick. Yep. And he was getting, he was getting killed that way. And therefore, from then on, all of our favorite kills. Well, that was my favorite kill. Is the dick shot kill. Dick kill shot. Dick, kill, dick shot kill? Dick shot kill. That's one of those two. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. Like so. more, The waitress bartender matters more than this. Uh, <laughs> the dick kill shot so. is. McCray's dead. Is our favorite. Our favorite kill yeah, of the my, movie. Mine was uh, yeah. the Karen in this movie. Shot the shot. innocent cop. Innocent yeah. cop. And then uh, Frank McCray. And I did take it down because... Uh, dramatically falling. To dramatically. His and yeah. it, it was unexpected. I kind of mm-hmm. thought not final... He said he's a final boy. Said to you later, boy. <laughs> like, I didn't think he was going to be a final kind of boy or anything, but... I thought he would have survived longer. Right? Yeah, I did. But uh, he is, you know, longer with us. And, you know, Andy's being his dickhead. Shot of the week. Shot of the week. And we're back to Jack, who discovers the window busted out and is like, oh, my gosh. This is one of my favorite scenes. I can't believe Jack... Uh, I can't believe McCray's dead. And a couple other officers come, uh, they must have been out of the building. They come up the stairs holding their noses and shit because everybody's dead. And they're like, oh, my God. And they see Jack. They're like, hey, you know, get down. And he's like, I didn't do this. You know, Jack's I, like, Jack holds them yeah, at gunpoint. Yeah, I, I didn't do this. I yeah. didn't do it. Yeah, sure you didn't. Yeah, sure you didn't. And he's like, get face down. And he runs away. And the one officer says to the other one, should we go after him? And the other guy dude's just like, no, he said he didn't do it. Whole movie right there. Uh, it's just a quick. <laughs> he says he didn't do it. Should we go after him? No, he says he, he, says didn't, he do didn't do it. it. 
Yeah. Maybe it's because they're scared because they think he is a psychomaniac. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever it was, I watched yeah. it twice. Yeah. It, I, the second time I even watched it, I had to pause it because I was like, this is the greatest. Yeah. This is, the montage is worth the movie, the, the Joe Q. Public montage. Yep. It's a great movie to watch. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously movie. this is uh, it reminds, no final exam. That reminds me of Shawshank Redemption when Red or uh, Morgan Freeman's character is like, <laughs> what'd you do? I'm innocent. Yeah, we're all innocent. Yeah, we're all innocent. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, Joe, are you, are you in it? Yeah, I'm yeah, innocent. I'm innocent. Yeah. Well, he said he didn't do it. So this so. is when Teresa, Mallory, and Jack, Jack want to really find out more about our killer, well, our maniac cop, yeah, they Matt have Cordell. To, they have to prove Jack's innocent of yeah, so, killing all these cops in the station. So they know? take a long uh, <clears throat> scene filler drive to Sing Sing. Sing Sing to meet the mortician, the doctor that, that yeah. said... That Matt, Matt Cordell, Cordell was, was dead. dead. Doctor mm-hmm. Gruber. Doctor Gruber. No relation to David Gruber here in Milwaukee. One call. That's <laughs> One call. All. That's all. You know, I bet we could get him to sponsor us. I bet we should. Oh, shit. That motherfucker throws his name. I on hear everything. people like with only six followers getting like you know yeah. Starbucks, great yeah. coffee. I'm like, what the fuck? You have six? Like, I'm yeah. not. David Gruber. Gruber Law Offices would would uh, <laughs> would sponsor us, kick us fifty bucks an episode. <laughs> and, uh, it would add up. Need. Yeah, that'd be all we need. Anyway, the, but, but you know, this is when we get to the mortician. Our, our, our buddy Jack Bruce Campbell has to act like he's Frank McRae because Frank yes. McRae was the one that set up the interview. Frank McRae is dead, so no longer can he make the interview. Yep. Uh, they go in as Frank McRae and Teresa Mallory. Yep. Um, meet the doctor, and he gives them the backstory. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was still alive. Damn it. After the attack, he's he the the Doctor Gruber heard a heartbeat. Yeah, a slow one. We which, have a we have a cool flashback scene. Yes, and I yeah. love the sound effect. I thought when, that was a neat scene when he puts on his like yes, like when he puts on his stethoscope. Yeah, and like put or puts his hand on it. You hear like yep. you hear a heartbeat, really a slow heartbeat. Yeah, I love um, that. I love that. That was pretty neat. Uh, the doctor also mentioned that Matt refused to be in isolation. He he wanted to be in general population with the rest of the prisoners because they're asking like why did you, why was he in Gen Pop? He was a cop and all that stuff. And why did this happen? And what would you have done? You know what what did you do in this situation when he was he's actually alive? Doctor Gruber mentions that the body was claimed by a woman, mm-hmm. Sally Nolan, Sally Nolan most likely, and that uh, she convinced him to just go along with it. And he said, I wasn't lying. You know, he's technically dead because he wasn't all there. He's severe brain damage. There's no way he can function as a human being anymore. That was, that's what the, the doctor's words. Uh, and, and she convinced me that this was best to just write him off as dead so that he wouldn't uh, have to go back into the general yeah, population. To, yeah, because that wasn't fair to him. Yeah. For violating people's rights, which, again, we don't know what that means. but Well, Matt it's Cor- a cool uh, statement here. You know, uh, uh, Dr. Gruber says, the politicians locked him up and the prisoners did the rest. Oh, yeah. You know. That is Everyone's a good call. guilty. Matt Cordell was a damn good detective, blah, 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 no, blah. No, no. They don't mention how he's, yeah. you know, he was a bad but cop. <laughs> I thought it's funny. He gives up the info when Teresa gives him the stink eye. Teresa's like... You knew He's like, yeah, you, 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 I'm not giving up. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Teresa looks at him with that stank eye, yeah. and she goes, Matt Cordell wasn't dead. And he's like, <gasps> so yeah. he decides to spill the beans. He could have yeah. said, yes, he <laughs> was, you fucking weirdo. Like, <laughs> I'm the, the pa- doctor here. All the paperwork says he's dead. Yeah, fuck go off. ahead, go fuck off. Bye. But he's like, <sighs> maybe his conscience gets to him. I don't yeah, know. But, uh, but, oh, Andy, we can't forget, lest we forget, Yeah. today, 
Yeah. St. Patrick's Day. I know. That was so funny. Not, no, not today. Like No, in the movie. In the movie, it's St. Uh, Patrick's Day. As Jack and Teresa are leaving, a nurse comes in and says to the doctor, you got to put on this green tie. And he's like, what? Why? Because it's St. Patrick's Day. We need this We need this one line right here <laughs> we to, do. to tell the viewers that it's St. Patrick's Day. Because it is such an important scene because that's when the mayor and commissioner are getting together. And that's... It was so awkward. <laughs> that's when we know that... Uh, uh, yeah. We know that, well, it's St. Patrick's Day, the yeah. mayor and the then commissioner we cut, we cut to a parade. are going to be in yeah. danger. Yeah. And uh, before we even get to this parade, they're, they're doing a montage of the parade. Yeah. Can cops drink beer in uniform? I saw that. It looked like file footage, didn't it? Yeah. It looked like real life footage a from a real parade. B-roll, a B-roll, like yeah. Like an actual parade uh, footage with actual cops drinking beers. So in, in the 80s, maybe you could In uniform. But yeah. yeah, you couldn't, I think, in uniform. Like no. you could... I don't know, but anyway, that that caught me first watch. I thought that was funny. First watch, I got it. But uh, let's uh, go ahead and dive into the reporter scene. Yeah, we also have uh, it's Ted Ramey. Ted Ramey. We jump to Ted Ramey. He's just credited as the reporter, saying like, "It's the fiftieth. It's it was actually the fiftieth annual St. Patrick's Day parade in New York, uh, and despite all the killings and despite bomb threats, they were still having the parade, it, and it was a record crowd. He was, you know, he's reporting on all of this. COVID. Yeah. Kind oh no. There was a lot of crowds there. But uh so this is we're just kind of learning the setup here. It's a big time event. It's a big parade. And of course the police commission. The police are yeah, the police commission's gonna be involved, the mayor's gonna be involved, yep. the captains are gonna be involved. So Yep. So Jack, Jack and Teresa have decided yeah. to try to convince everyone that it really is Matt Cordell, damn it. They go back to the police station. Jack's like, You go up, woman. Well, because he's wanted. Yeah, I know. But yeah, it's he still can't like go up. But they get her. This is such a great scene. I really liked it. Uh, you know, everyone's in a celebratory mood because it's yeah. St. Patrick's Day and the cops are whole station, the whole precinct's involved. Yeah. Teresa enters this uh, man, you know, man club meeting and <laughs> the captain or Captain Shaft kicks her, kicks everyone out and says, hey, Shaft. <laughs> uh, we, you know, like we just heard this message from Frank McCray. And I'm gonna he play said it. Frank McRae called me last night, yeah, and left me a message. That says it. that and says the, like, and it's Frank McRae saying, uh, uh, "I have proof that this cop is getting information from a female police officer within the department, which is unfortunate because, because that's Teresa. That could be Teresa, and that could be information Jack. To Jack, and they know they're lovers. Yeah, yep. So, so. It line, if you're the commissioner, you don't believe Teresa. No, and, and I you, think that's very logical. They got a parade to get to, so they they book her for aiding and abetting of. They bring in some other rando cop now. Uh, Fowler is that his name? Officer Fowler Booker. Yeah. So uh, even though that message from Frank McCray implic- implicates Jeff and Teresa, Jack and Teresa, Jack and Teresa. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> You know, and then it puts the blame on them. They still decide to go to the parade, and we have this little chunky, little fun, mustachioed Mario-looking motherfucker come in. Oh, who Fowler. Is Fowler, who is booking Teresa, but he wants some stuff. I thought it was going to turn sexual. Like, Me he was going to be like, hey, we got the whole fucking commissioner's office to ourselves. Yeah. Let me touch a boob. Yeah. He doesn't want to touch a boob. He's like, give me the information because I want a fucking promotion. Like, yeah, I he wanna... wants to go arrest Jack. Yeah, he wants, a, he wants to be a hero. He yep. wants to continue. He wants yep. to go up the ranks of the NYPD. So Ripley, Captain Ripley and the commissioner are leaving to go get in the elevator. Uh, and they it's small talk about, you know, you're wearing the wrong tie or something. I don't know. And um, as they're waiting for the <laughs> elevator, we have a, a shot of... Uh, of them getting killed. The maniac cop comes up from behind and he stabs both the police commissioner and, and Captain Ripley. They're dead. And they're dead. Kills them both. 
So now it's it's just this is like kind of getting quick. You kind of know it's becoming the end of the movie. Yeah. So Fowler, um, he, he's not getting the information from Teresa. Right. They're handcuffed together. Right. Fine. Let's go book you. Yeah. Let's go book you. And as like as he's walking down the hall, you know he's gonna get it because he's talking like this. And furthermore, and like right when you always say and furthermore, oh, or yeah, raise and your let voice. me tell you one more. Yeah. His and voice. one other thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this line of dialogue before I get cut off and <laughs> so he did and his inflection yeah. his inflection goes yeah. up and then he gets gutted yeah another great scene because he doesn't immediately go for Teresa which always surprised me like the second watch he doesn't go for they're handcuffed together he could have yeah. gotten them like both look at he split. Yeah. So I don't know where he goes. I I, I assume I know where he where, where Maniac Cop is going, but Teresa well actually I don't know where he's going. Andy, help me out. Oh, he she stabbed, has to he stabbed this fowler dude and yes. then and then he disappears for a second. But she has to drag his fat she ass drags around. Drags Fowler, yeah, to the break room or whatever. Yeah, it looks like a break room. That's what I have too. So so she can get the key from his fat ass. And like right. unlock and, and you know, and, and sorry, not but no body shaming. Yeah. His little fat Mario ass. And like, <laughs> so she uncuffs, you know, she finally gets away. And, and you know, a fight ensues. Breaking down the door. The maniac cop does. Starts breaking down the door he's of the doing, break room. Yeah, he's doing it so sweet, though. He's like, I don't understand. Teresa. Knock, knock. Are you Teresa, in there? Are you there? And he I... starts busting through when he could have killed her in the hallway. Yes. You know, five seconds ago. Uh, she takes a chair and throws it out the window. To get some attention. To get some attention and to escape out the window. Uh, she's on the second floor. Uh, and Jack is down on the street, across the street, looking up and seeing all this. Some other cops that are on the SWAT street. SWAT team. It looks like a SWAT team. A SWAT team, a squad of some kind. They see it. Isn't that Forrest over yeah, there? Yeah, let's get him. Let's get him. <laughs> and they arrest Jack Forrest while Teresa is fighting off the maniac cop to escape out onto the balcony. Uh, the squad down on the street arrest Jack Forrest. They throw him in the cuff paddy him. wagon. Cuff him. I think they cuff him, do they? They do, behind his back. Yeah, they cuff him and throw him in the paddy wagon. Yep. I guess then Maniac Cop decides to stop fighting Teresa and yep. run down the he stairs. Down the stairs, and he yanks the driver out of the paddy wagon, and he gets in and he takes off. That's where the, the like, squad so. of guys who just threw him in there is gone. I don't know where they are. Uh, Teresa had escaped down the fire escape, and she was like, "No, what are you doing?" She jumps into a squad car with another. She gets down that. She, it's so rad the that ladder. Little, the ladder scene. I thought yeah. it was cool. It's a really cool scene, friends of and students of Slash U. Uh, yeah. That she's just kind of like coolly comes down like action. So she rides she's holding, the ladder, rides the ladder down, and and she, you know, like uh, you're wasting time. She gets in a squad car with some young cop. The squad of guys who just threw Jack in the back is nowhere to be found. All of a sudden. And our maniac cop is peeling out with the the paddy wagon and Jack in the back hitting other cars. There's only one cop car following him. That's the one that Teresa gets into. This is like, I mean, this is like a quick ending. There was a bunch of dudes, though, and now there's just the one with Teresa chasing him. Yeah, they're chasing the the perp down. and They know he's going to Pier 14. Yep. And meanwhile, Jeff is in the back of the paddy wagon getting thrown around like a beach. Oh, sorry. Jack is getting thrown around. In the back of the truck, like a beach ball at a Nickelback concert. Giggity. Uh, I like it. That's uh, funny. Hot Rod. I wish I could claim it, but oh. that was from... Oh, it's a good one. He's getting thrown... It's getting thrown on like a beach ball at a Nickelback concert. I, I like it. Was, uh, so, Maniac Cop does head into the Piers. Uh, Piers 14. Not to yeah. be... Uh, not to no. be uh, any resemblance to Pier 1. Nope. Um, and he pulls into the garage. He gets up with an axe and just starts hacking open the door. How yeah. does how does Jack get out of his cuffs? Uh, I think Teresa gets him out. 
because it was cool. He timed it to yes, just as the maniac cop bashed the handle off the door, Jack jumped out, bashed it open, jumped out past him, and Teresa was there by then with the shotgun, uh, and he's like, "Get these cuffs off me," and she. Yeah, but this whole time again, like I mean, he's been thrown around the back of the paddy wagon, and yeah. now like he's fighting with the maniac cop. He is thrown around like two or three times, yeah. like like seriously, man. Like you would throw like a, a wadded up piece of paper to a wastebasket. Yep. Like he is. You think his shoulder would be dislocated? Yeah, or, <laughs> or something. Or he's like, let's just run the fuck out of here. Fuck the maniac cop. We'll get him later. Right. We live to fight another day. Nope. They continue. They continue to fight him. Uh, Maniac cop now is driving towards the water. He just went, I he, guess. He shoots the other random cop, though, that Teresa showed up with. The rando cop. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He kills him. Teresa ran into the building, and the rando cop's like, I got to call for backup. He calls for backup. So he runs into the building a little bit later as I think Teresa tries to kill our maniac cop with the shotgun. He gets knocked out of her hands. She gets thrown into Jack. That's when she undoes his handcuffs. Then you hear sirens coming because the guy called for backup. And that's when Maniac Cop takes off. Yeah, but he's still fighting. Like, so this little fuck, this little chin, this little fucking Bruce Campbell, yeah. Jim Carrey wannabe motherfucker, looking like motherfucker, is yeah. like trying to beat him. And I was Hanging like, dude, on the side of yeah, the Yeah, I was like, you're not going to kill this behemoth. He's a big dude. This, this, this man that would make Andre the Giant look like goddamn, you know, yeah. a, a dwarf. He's uh, a big guy. He's a big guy, but. Uh, I guess a PVC pipe comes in. It's I think it's the mast to a boat. Oh, okay. I was wondering Hanging. about that. I have that written. He he drives right into this this it's like an archway that's got a boat mast hanging from it, and he drives right into it, and it it crashes through the windshield and stabs his chest. Our, stabs our maniac cop right this, in the chest, and this he is, screams. This is what I, I filmed the great scene. Okay, that's a stunt scene. Bruce Campbell's stunt guy yeah. is on the side. It's a slow motion shot As of the, the van. The van. And, and he's like, what a great stunt. Yeah, he flips, he flips off, off back and into like, the water. I mean, that's an intense controlled scene. I mean, I thought it was a dummy at first until no. I saw him moving. I was no. like, shit, that's a real person. Definitely going to post this on our social media because even the second time, even yeah. the first time I was watching with Jody, I was like, it's a yeah. fucking rad stunt scene. It's pretty cool. It was like when stunt guys like were fucking as cool as PE teachers. Yep. Like everyone no, fucking now up. they can't get in danger. Yeah, so. like yeah. I so. mean, they they still use stunt people. Though, it was but, uh, it was rad and he drives um, into the water. Yep, and the, they they lift. Uh, we cut to a crane lifting, lifting the paddy wagon out of the water. <laughs> uh, everybody's got guns except Everybody. for the workers that are we're making sure that the the, yeah. the, the, the the paddy wagon is being put down right. Right, they put it down and the no maniac boat mast is in there and there's no body. Uh, and we, the camera pans down to the water where the dock, the, piling. the pilings of the, the pier are hitting the water and a hand comes up out of the water is touching the, the pier. And then they cut to the, another helicopter shot of the city with creepy music and roll, roll credits. credits. And that is the end of Maniac Cop. That is the end of Maniac got Cop, away. which we, we do get Maniac Cop 2 in 1990 and Maniac Cop, Maniac Cop 3 in 1993. No kidding. Mm-hmm. All right, kill count. I'm going to tell you how many people died All right. in our next movie next. All right, yeah. Hi, I'm your Nightmare Girl, Taz. And I'm your Nightmare Girl, LaFlame. And we're the Nightmare Girls. Nightmare Girls is a weekly podcast that takes a humorous and thoughtful look at the wild genre called horror. Get ready for a horrorlicious time and look for a new episode every Friday. Nightmare Girls! Nightmare Girls! This is the Nightmare Girls Podcast with Tasma and Kyla LaFlame. 
And we're back. And yes, a great movie. I am. We have to make some time for slash you to expand extra credit for Maniac Cop Two and, and Maniac Cop and Three. three. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Hey, I mean, did you did you like that promo? Uh, we yeah, we promo to a shout out of friends of the podcast, the the Nightmare Girls, the Nightmare Girls podcast. Find them right now on yeah. Instagram. Nightmare, just how you think it's spelled, and girls, girls without an I. So Nightmare G R L S okay. Nightmare Girls podcast. They are Taz. And, and the flame. And the flame. I think we're becoming kind of like podcast BFFs. Are we? Yes. Yeah. They seem um, cool. And they, it was a fun promo. It was a very fun promo. Yeah. Great job. I really like your voiceover you did that. I got to bug them about that voiceover. Like, Nightmare Girls I know, we, Podcast. Uh, fucking yeah, we, rad. We're, <laughs> we need something professional. Like yeah, that. but uh, give them a follow, please. Yep. Like, subscribe, <clears throat> rate, review. Taz, the flame, we're there for you. If you need anything ever at all. Don't you ever hate to re- reach out to your professors here at the U. Uh, kill count. Kill count. For Maniac Cop. Nick, I had 17 kills. And it was a little tricky there in the middle when there was a bunch of dead bodies just randomly. But Yes, that's what I'm saying. We have Cassie, the bartender, broken neck, beginning of the movie. Sam, the drunk teen, yep. driving with beer. He got uh, slashed across the neck and thrown on the hood of the car. The musician guy, smothered in cement. That's three. <laughs> Don't <Dunkle> tree. <laughs> Coltrane. We have a regular beat cop. He was totally innocent, shot by a Karen uh, who thought he was out to kill her. Uh, so he wasn't killed by our killer, but he was still a death in this movie. That's four. Ellen Forrest, Jack Forrest's wife. Uh, she had her throat slashed and left in the hotel room. Then then we get that police station scene. There is the hanging cop that Sally Nolan discovered and screamed and freaked out about. Sally herself gets body slammed and killed. Then there is the cop who was guarding the interrogation room. I called him the door guard. Yes. He was killed. There was another cop right next to him with the handcuffs wrapped around his neck, suspended up on the bars of the of the door. Okay. Then there's a second cop hanging. I'm up to 10 now. And then there was one in the hallway and one on the stairs. It's two more. Then Detective McRae thrown out the window. Uh, that was my dick shot kill of the week. Oh, I forgot to mention you're... Innocent cop shot yeah, by fine, the Karen Dick Shock Hill. Then Commissioner Pike and Ripley. Then there is uh, the uh, another rando cop. Um, oh, the 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 mustache guy. What was his name? You said who had he was booking uh, Teresa Fowler. Fowler. He got killed. And then uh, another random cop right near the end. He got shotgunned by a maniac cop right near the but end of the maniac movie. Maniac cop, also the security guard at Pier 14, he got hit by the car and died. Is he dead, though? Yes, because nah. cops are... Listen. I don't know. He wasn't moving, and no one stopped for him. They showed him twice like All this. All right, so that's 18. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, 18. Well, that's that. 18 deaths. Pretty good kill count. That is a good kill count, and I'm really impressed that you kept up with it. You know what? I'm so glad I don't have your job. I had nothing else to do, you know, except for my regular paying full-time job. (laughs) So, there you go. The job that I get paid to do. (laughs) I had that to do. Uh, What are we watching Uh, next, Andy? Next week, uh, or for next week, we're going to watch one called The Burning. Yes. It's not about gonorrhea. Uh, uh, hey. hey now, uh, from hey, 1981. Good. It's available on Tubi, I think you said. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there's some ads. And Amazon Prime, too. Amazon Prime. Uh, here's the setup. A former summer camp caretaker who was horribly burned from a prank gong wrong lurks around an upstate New York summer camp bent on killing the teens responsible for his disfigurement. So we take an English uh, high school. Yeah. 
Yeah. A little Slaughter bit high. of uh, Slaughter High. Slaughter High. A little bit of Madman with the summer camp thing. There you go. Hey. A lot of a lot of camps though. I Let's watched go. the trailer and uh it looks good. He looks like he's a killer who kills with uh, gardener shears. Yes. So uh, I won't spoil any buddy, more than that. And our special effects guy, Tom fucking cave like everyone's gonna make fun of me now because he's like Greg Nicotero and they were buddies, but Oh uh, sure. Well He's um, uh he's back on uh this special effects. Verdini Gardini. Okay. One of the writers on this movie, Harvey Weinstein. So Yes. Hopefully there'll be some sex. Hey now! Oh shit! <laughs> oh fuck, what? dude! What? Fuck him! What do you owe? Sh- oh yeah, well he's a dick bag. Yeah, but it doesn't mean there's probably tons of other people who worked on this Tom movie. Tom Savini. I'm Let's not gonna. About- yeah, Harvey talk Weinstein. about. Don't talk about Harvey Weinstein. It's fine. You know he did Goodwill Hunting. I didn't know that. Oh, I thought Matt Damon did Goodwill Hunting. No, but he was one of the producers that got those yeah. little two fucks. Oh, yeah, the Weinstein Company. Yeah, yeah. the the Mats and the yeah. Bens, those little fucks. Like there's a lot of yeah. It's really unfortunate that one you know, uh, but there's still plenty other people, talented, innocent, good people who work and try to make a living. Yeah, you're right. Let's not take them out, you know, and discredit them just because one guy was a dick bag. You're right, Andy. That is. Uh, yeah, I think we should know that. Like, though. I still eat at Subway despite the fact Jared was a pedophile. That was a fucking great analogy. Because the people at Subway still need to work and earn a living. You know, the franchise owners need to live. I'm not going to boycott Subway because one guy was a fucking I know. When when Jody and I go to Florida, (laughs) we still go to Marlago. Okay. And we stay there just because. Yes, just because the guy that owns it was a complete fucking cockbag. Doesn't mean I'm not going to stay at his resort. No, I'm just kidding. We've never been to Marlago. Marlago? I don't don't know (laughs) Just wait. We I, still say Marga Lago, despite <laughs> the fact that 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 Cheeto owns it. Let's um, let's uh, let's, let's wrap it up. Yes. Uh, thanks for following us and, and listening yes. to us this week. Follow us on Instagram at slash u underscore podcast. Will you please um, review us too? Even if you kind of think we're funny, yeah. Give us a review. Give us at least three stars. We'll, hopefully we'll, five. We'll, we'll match you. Yeah, we've yeah. gotten we've gotten one two. There's some coward out there who left us two stars with no review. So that's why I call him a coward. Go ahead and leave two stars, and then don't type up why. Hey, what about trolls? Trolls could do that. Like, I'm going to yeah. go to every podcast and leave a one-star review. That's ridiculous. Like, I'm, well, I'm not going to, but that's just like such a but dick If you have move. a critique, leave a critique. Yeah, like, hey. Don't just be like, Nick, two stars, no room for improvement. Yeah. I, I I can't. Yeah. Nick, anyway. you're so loud, and you got the bladder the size of a pea, you dick. Like, <laughs> I would take that review. <laughs> I would, too. No, just please so don't leave that. watch The Burning for next episode. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Nick. Class dismissed. Class dismissed. Thank you.